Sometimes I am so fucking tired. Me too. Let's talk about that. Okay, we're talking about burnout here. Mm-hmm. Being exhausted and overwhelmed, which, is that about us or the pace of the lifestyle? Let's figure it out. <laughs> Let's do it. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. It's called Carter Beats the Devil. What's in it, Jen? It's a really cool one. It's got um, mezcal and tequila, so watch out, folks. It's got some lime juice and agave nectar and this little bit of chili tincture in there um, that gives you a surprise punch. It is a surprise punch, but in a good way. In a really good way. It's quite enjoyable. We actually got the um, recipe from Imbibe Magazine, so you can find it on their website or you can check it out at our website as well. And I found it both sweet and smoky. Yes, the smoky for sure. Mm -hmm, With the mezcal. But it's got a golden color with the most perfect little lime twist you ever have seen. And it instantly makes you want to have chips and salsa. It really does. And it's a great little sip. Um, You guys should try it out. Absolutely. So, uh, (laughs) Carter beat the devil. How do we beat the devil? I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, our cocktails are, are always pretty telling, aren't they? The, at least the cocktail names with our, um, with our, with our topic. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was going to say, too. So the one thing I know is that we're not alone here. You and I were talking recently that you got a, a text from a friend. Yeah, and I read this one to you. I'm going to read it to you, um, folks, because this is the kind of stuff that we talk about with Speakeasy a lot. A friend of mine, one of our listeners, sent this text. Today was a nightmare. I can't even begin to recount the things to you right now, but I just need to lean on some shoulders for a moment. Please pep talk me because I feel like I'm drowning. I wasn't home until 9.30 p.m. last night. I start my day tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m., and I need to keep a smile on through a tomorrow evening event. P.S. I just got another raise. Is it worth it? Sigh. I mean, this is a woman at the height of her career. Her family's great. She's just on top of things, and she's overwhelmed. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed, clearly... I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're not the only one, are you? No. (laughs) Where you go until 9 o'clock at night because you have an event, and then you have to get up extra early because you have to get kids out the door in a different way, and then you have to go to an early event. And when you're running 14-hour days, days on end, and you—it always, to me, feels a bit like, you know, like— Daffy Duck, where he gets his bill spun around his face on Looney Tunes. That's kind of how I feel some days. At the end, it's dizzying. Yeah, it is dizzying. I feel like, I just feel like it's a treadmill, and you're not getting off the treadmill. It might slow down at the end of the evening, but you're never actually stopping. Mm-hmm. And you're spinning up to a fast pace much earlier than, than you want to, and before you've ever rested. And that's how I, that's how I feel about it. But I like Daffy Duck. It's kind of a good one. It's <laughs> just like a big, <laughs> feels like a slap in the face sometimes too. Yeah, I saw recently a blog post from someone I, I watch and pay attention to, and it reiterated the fact that there is no calm. And we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. There's, we, we, ha- we, we can slip into this thing where we think, well, I'll just get past this crisis or this busy season and it will be calmer. And the truth is, <laughs> It's It's just the next season. It's just the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where being exhausted and overwhelmed is something that we got to break down. How are we breaking that down? Well, I think think that there's a lot of reasons why, you know, your friend texted you because, you know, whether it's work events and shuffling children, it's, it's the same story for us. It's just different versions of the same story, right? I think that there are times where you have lots of layers of things going on too. So there's overwork, right? 
all of us are putting in our hours. We're getting it done. We're logging back in um, after the kids are in bed or getting up in the middle of the night and jotting down some notes. Right. Or you're at the event until 930 at night and you have another one the first thing the next morning. Yep. It really, the relentlessness of it, it's definitely a cause. Yeah. And I think another cause, too, would be part of that work piece is... um, one of the things that you said was chasing opportunity. You know, it's yeah. it's the I don't love the word hustle, but you know, it's that it's that you you must respond right away to an inquiry because the early bird, right? Right. Yeah. The early bird gets the worm. Yeah, absolutely. And the good seat. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, it's um chasing opportunity for me is a lot of it and I think that is related directly to being in a leadership position or being an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. That your career arc is based upon how hard you work and how how often you show up and how quick you are to respond. And that gets ingrained into us. And so it's very hard to get to a place where you can let that go yeah. and realize I'm here. I'm confident. I don't need to hop to every second of the day because I've attained a level of security. Right. I don't, I don't ever feel like I feel, I feel like I know a lot of women in our group that, do have that level of security mm-hmm. and that level of leadership where they should be confident, but they still feel like they have to do all the things all the time. I think maybe where that comes from, though, is our ambition. You know, we're ambitious people. That's part of why we've built businesses. And and when your ambition is the thing that answers the call constantly, um, it, it builds this muscle memory that's hard to turn off. And when you don't really, when you either have another person on your on your team who can take care of those things for you, you have to channel your ambition somewhere else. But it's so easy just to do that rote memory thing. Yeah. But it leads, I mean, it just straight up leads to burnout. It, yeah. le- it leads to feeling massively overwhelmed. You know, I think that sometimes my burnout, one of my layers is just lifestyle choices. So it's overwork com- in addition to some lifestyle choices, whether I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm taking a break and working out, um, which makes an incredible difference. And I know this. And when I take a break because there's just something else happening that week, it's rotten. I know. And it's funny because as you were saying it, and we we know it's going to happen. You can see over the horizon line on that one. Mm-hmm. You know when you're working too hard committing to too many things, running between meeting A and meeting B, and there's no commute time to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what this is going to cause. You know the ramifications of it the next day. Yeah. You know what will happen if you stop paying attention to your health and well-being. And we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Or the donut that shows up, the box of donuts that shows up at the office. <laughs> <laughs> that was me on Monday. Monday was going to be back on the wagon, get rid of all those wasteful carbs and the ridiculous sugar, and then beautiful donuts came to the office. And what are you supposed to do? But what I love is what you said, which I fully subscribe to, is like you take the bite of the sweet thing in the morning and then you're like, well, screw it. The day's done. And like, I'll do it tomorrow. You don't start at lunch that day. No. It's like you just ruin the day. <laughs> the whole day. Delicious. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. And that's a, that is my bad habit. And I, but I, I don't think I'm alone in that bad habit. No, I eat my feelings. <laughs> For sure. We all eat them. They're delicious and salty and sweet. Oh, I love them. Um, you know, and I think some other causes are obviously... Um, you know, crises that happen in your relationships or in the the health and well-being of the people that are around you or yourself. So, you, you know, you, you get hit with a major um, health situation or you get hit with a major life change in a relationship for one reason or another. And it just, it's a whole nother 
bit to carry. Yeah, it's I can juggle three balls. I learned that when I was a teenager. It's pretty cool. I cannot juggle 12. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to do it. Some people can, um, but you really have to practice. And when you are carrying all the bags you could possibly carry and juggling all the balls you could juggle and all the things we've ever talked about on our episodes, <laughs> um, there's just not room for a crisis. Yeah. And it, and so there, there are lots of things that can, can cause it for sure. How does it manifest in you when you are totally burnt out? I think we both talked about mental fog. The mm-hmm. inability to think through a problem with efficiency is mm-hmm. a big one. I see that. How about you? Uh, for sure that one. I think, um, you know, I'm already a pretty direct communicator, but I think I get a little edgy and irritated and I, I tend to snap. I, I'm more measured at work, but then that happens at home. I see a lot of, for me, I, I'll disengage or I will stop thinking about the future. And so I, my ability to look into the future and plan ahead mm-hmm. goes away, which actually exacerbates the problem. Yeah, it does. Which is weird. No, absolutely. Yeah, I disengage too. I um, I start to get to a point where it's like, yeah, I know exactly how this problem should be solved. And then it really is a wake-up call for me when I get there because I, I have a gasp moment. Like, no, every single one of our clients' problems is unique and it deserves going that extra mile and really understanding the uniqueness of the situation. So as soon as it's like, oh, I know exactly how this one will go, it's like, oh, no. Oh. So Why is, would I think that? Is that like, um, is that a lack of passion, sort of pushing the buttons because you know you push the buttons, but finding yourself losing interest and fire about it? Yeah, I think part of it is sometimes inertia. So when I'm overworked, um, the inertia of all the extra work just kind of takes over, and it's hard to slow that down. And so I plow through things fast because I'm a quick thinker, I'm decisive. And so when I just, quote unquote, you know, know how the solution should go, it's because of that inertia. And it's, it's, it's mine, you know, mm-hmm. and I have to take responsibility for that. But almost every time I'm like, oh, I know how this will go. I do almost have a gasp moment where it's like, no, that's, I don't know how this is going to go. So I think there are times where it's inertia that causes that issue, but, um, and that, just the momentum of all the projects. But I do sometimes feel like that what that does then is it's like snuffed out some passion. Yeah. And that is a good indicator that you are overwhelmed or feeling a little bit of burnout. Absolutely. And exhaustion. Yeah. All of those things. Burnout for sure. I think too, you had mentioned to me before that when when our bodies give out, when we feel ill. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny. There are plenty of times where I'll go for weeks on end, it seems like burning the candle at both ends. I don't know how you feel, but as soon as I stop, I know like my body is, it's almost like when you have to go to the bathroom really bad and you are go- on your way to the, to the bathroom and your bladder starts to tell you <laughs> that it's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, I know when I'm about to get to a weekend where I don't have plans and it's been four weeks of crazy, I can almost feel my body getting like a scratchy throat or something yeah. where I just need a giant nap. Yeah. I was just talking to another agency owner about that just this week. Uh, he had a big event, and he said the next two days I was wrecked. Just I couldn't couldn't get anything done because y- when you know you have a gap after a high pressure situation, your body just shuts down. Yeah, there's just and and that's okay. I think that that is our body saving us from ourselves, right? 
in some ways they're helping us out. Yeah, absolutely. But if the light at the end of your tunnel are two days where you don't have a weekend that has a packed schedule, those those are unicorns to begin with. And then you ruin it by being worthless. Right. Then you're missing out on the things that the other things that you love. And I get resentful because I'm mad at myself for wasting time when I could have been doing some catching up mm-hmm. because we were already busy for an undisclosed amount of time. So we're behind on either the to-do list or catching up with friends or, or, or any of that stuff. Yeah. So I do. I find myself really angry when those things happen to me. And I'm, I'm working on trying to forgive myself and even plan for that space. I know it's been really stressful. I'm going to need a couple of days of break. I'm going to forgive myself, and, and it's going to be okay to sit and watch movies or to take a big fat nap. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not very good at it yet, but at least I'm aware that I need to do it. Uh, The person who supports me taking a nap on the weekend, which doesn't happen that often, it used to only be Mother's Day, but really in the last six months or so, the person who supports me and says go take a nap the most is my husband. And I feel the worst about it. But, you know, he's like, do it. Yeah. He's like, you're way better afterwards. I think, though, I I don't want to say men and I don't want to say husbands, but I think your husband and mine share a tendency of being able to turn it off and chill, whereas you and I are not the kind of people who can turn it off and chill. Yep. So I think they are both the kinds of guy who recognize that they can do their chilling while we need to physically sleep in order to yep. relax and calm down. You're right. So I don't know if that's a global thing or just something that I've observed of the two spouses <laughs> of two really high test people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's very diplomatic of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do we do about all this? Well, I think, you know, like like you've already said, just taking a break. So whether that means a hardcore nap or a couple of days away or an afternoon off, I think you have to, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, you almost have to, if you know you've got a heavy deadline, you need to kind of not book a meeting the morning after a giant delivery, right? You just have to give yourself that space to like, Maybe go take a walk. You and I both share a love of just being in the woods and being in nature and having that be incredibly renewing. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who knows that they need to take the, take this break? They know that they need to, to make some space, but they have too many pressures, either bosses or clients or children or expectations, and they don't and they feel trapped and not able to do it. How do we get out of that? Yeah, well, I think it's just really almost like a come to Jesus conversation. It's something's got to give. So you can choose what will give or the universe will will tell you which thing gives and you don't have control over it. So it might be your health. It might be your performance at work, which has unintended consequences. So, I mean, something will give. We can we can do it all, right. but we cannot do it all, all at the same time. Well, and the piece of advice I gave to a friend is by the time you've reached the level of being the boss – or the leader, it's because you're really good at what you do. And you probably have an amazing amount of efficiency. So even if you're giving 70% of your time, that's probably more productive than someone else's 100% mm-hmm. because you've got years of experience under your belt, right? Yep. So remind people that just because I get a lot done in a short amount of time does not mean we need to fill the rest of the time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Because I can get a whole bunch done, manage it, but I know when I need to take those breaks and recharge so that I can give my all next time around. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that a lot. Thank you. Now, 
let's see if we can ever use that advice or if it just sounds really good. <laughs> well, I think, I think too. So that's what you do about it, right? So that's when you're, you're feeling in it. But then it's like, how do you prevent it? Is there, is there anything that we can do to put in place to stave it off from ever really being a thing? I love your idea of booking the faux meeting the day after, mm-hmm. or, or if you have a big client event or a kickoff to a project that's going to be four hours, immediately book your buffer time. I think you've, you've mentioned that a couple of times before, and it's a really great tactic, and it allows you pr- to protect your space a little. Yeah. That's one. I do, I do pretty regularly do that if I've gotten a couple days on location, especially if they're really emotional interviews. I'll still work that next day, but I just won't take any appointments the morning of. I'll reconnect with my team. I'll catch up on email, which is most certainly full in my inbox. And it's just that period of time where I'm still working, but I, I don't have high-pressure performance demands. It's just kind of reconnecting and recentering. I like that. I think when you talk about it's still working, to think about this in the work scenarios, you could be sitting on the beach for two hours or at the side of the pool and still be working. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're giving yourself the calm so that your brain can strategize, do it. Yeah, right? this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I've done, uh, one of the goals I have for the summer was to was to take off on Friday afternoons, even if it's just a couple hours early, and and finish the day at the pool, even if my laptop or my phone is still out. But I'm getting that fresh air that really, really does make a difference. It's still under an umbrella. I don't need necessarily to bake. But just to have fresh air makes a huge difference for me. But also, there are times throughout the school year where I have volunteered in my son's classroom. And that happens at at 10. So instead of coming into the office, I work from home you know, for a couple hours before I go. And those are incredibly productive times. And I get a load of laundry done. Well, that's interesting because what that says to me is your mindset has shifted because if you're looking at that time with your in your son's classroom and the time before it, not as a burden or a nuisance, but as an opportunity to kind of refresh. So really, I think changing your mindset about those spaces, you could look at that as I'm so overwhelmed, I need to get into the office, but I have to go volunteer and I'm not getting there fast enough and I, I needed to get things done this morning. So the way you perceive that time mm-hmm. could be a source of overwhelm to you, but instead it's a source of rejuvenation to you. I think that that's really interesting. I think mindset is absolutely everything, and it goes far beyond this discussion. Um, I, I'm i not perfect at having the right mindset all the time. I get defeated just as fast and easily as anybody else because um, life. <laughs> but, um, but I do think mindset um, has a lot to do with um, managing overwhelm being able to recognize the signs of when you're in overwhelm and just kind of put it in perspective really quickly. Um, so yeah, I think I think having a relationship with what work looks like and, and what the 8 to 5 or the 9 to 5 looks like, and is it really required? Because especially if you know that you're going to put a couple hours in tonight, for example. So um, yeah, I think you know we're putting ourselves in, in these situations, and so we have to be responsible for the way we relate to them. That's true. That's good advice. The, the other one I think that we had when, when we were discussing it is boundaries, and I find that to be such an interesting one and one that we're constantly practicing. Um, I found myself, someone invited me to an ungodly early meeting, like a 7.30 breakfast, which I just don't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made some, oh, I can't make it to this one, maybe the next one. No, I should just say, I don't do 7.30 breakfasts. Yeah. I should just put that boundary down. Then I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to be in fear that they will ask for the next time. Yep. And so after I got done 
handling that poorly, I realized, nope, next time I'm just going to say that's outside of my boundary, but thanks for asking. And would you like to do lunch sometime? And would you like to do lunch sometime? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, those are all really great things. I'm feeling a lot less overwhelmed now. How about you? I think it's because your drink is uh, gone there, Karen. Yep, absolutely. Oh, the smoky spice is so yummy. But no, I am. I'm, it, it always helps to talk through these things because it does make you sort of examine it and calm down and take that break, which yep. is kind of nice. Um, I hope everybody who's listening can take a moment and figure out how they can sort of nip their own overwhelm in the bud and their exhaustion, get it get it under control. Yeah. Well, and let's also point out that just talking about it, like we get this, <laughs> we have the opportunity <laughs> to talk it out. So those are always really great resources too. leaning on your leaning on the people that you love. That is true. So what would you like people to do? I want to, I kind of want to hear from people. We get such good feedback about <laughs> sometimes when we talk about the hardest things. Um, I want to hear from people. Yeah. I would love, I would love more stuff in the inbox telling us, what it's like when you're needing a pep talk and we are here to give pep talks so if anybody needs one you know where to find us that's right guaranteed pep talk reach out to us on social media at easy underground or head over to our website thespeakeasypodcast.com okay so jen what are we talking about next time okay so if i like orange but you prefer green what happens if we average that out um you mix it up and divide it in half which means we both get brown mm-hmm yeah, well, that doesn't suit either of us. The truth is, average suits nobody. Let's figure out what to do so we're not all stuck in an ill-fitting brown suit. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.